No! I did it, Princess! I've been through hell and back to save you! Oh, thank goodness! Ganon was such a beast! I was a little bit badass! Yeah, I killed thousands of Octoroks and retrieved the Triforce of Wisdom! Just for you! I truly appreciate it. Truly. Yeah, yeah, a good fantasy adventure it was! <laughs> With a wonderful fairy tale ending. <sighs> Look, kid. I know where you're going with this, and you have to realize that I barely know you. But I'm the one who- And I've been rescued before. <laughs> it's part of being a princess. Yeah, but- Of uh... course, the first time I was ever rescued, I f***ed that guy's brains out. <sighs> <sighs> Welcome, like-likes, to Geek Salad episode 123, Old Men Sitting in Caves Distributing Swords. You take this, you may need it. <laughs> uh, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. And we're here today to uh, celebrate, pay homage, if you will, to the 30th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. That's hey. right. The big golden cartridge is 30 years old this year. The most coveted cartridge in Nintendo land. Yep, exactly. Um, we're going to get into... Um, we're, we're really going to like hit the first game hard, but before that... Uh, yeah. going to hit it like prom night. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna take it behind the middle school and get it pregnant. So anyway, um, before we get started, let's get into Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And Chris writes, hello Geek Salad crew, I hope you all had a great Christmas and a happy new year, and I'm sure you all had a chance to see The Force Awakens. Awesome movie, and it definitely wiped the bad memories from watching the prequels. Anyway, <laughs> on to this podcast topic, The Legend of Zelda. One cannot talk about The Legend of Zelda without talking about this. The um, infamous Legend of Zelda NES commercial number two. Watch Zelda become a legend on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! <laughs> Which way you go? Good times. Pee 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 hands. Leavers. Zelda. Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. A never-ending adventure, new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda. I'm sure everyone remembers this very weird Zelda ad from the '80s. It actually fits well with what I was will be talking about in this cultural corner, the top five weirdest characters in the Legend of Zelda franchise. Didn't that like take place in an empty warehouse? Yes, it did. It had nothing to do with the game. No, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. Much like most Atari art covers for their games. <laughs> or in fact, let's not even talk about Atari. If you want to get into NES, the Mega Man artwork oh, yeah. looks nothing That's like the, the game. <laughs> He's got a gun. Wait, where's his gun? It's his hand! My life to me! Alright, so number five on Chris's list, Those Damn Chickens! From SNES's A League to the Past. This is one of, 
This one's kind of an Easter egg. If you get Link to attack enough of the chickens, an army of those cluckers start attacking Link. An eye for an eye egg, I guess. Oh, that actually reminds me of um, probably one of the best cosplays I ever saw at um, Anime Boston. Yeah. One of them was uh, there was it was a two play it was a two person cosplay. One was dressed as Link, the other one was dressed as a tornado of chickens. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. I think I got a picture That's of it somewhere. Oh God! All right, well you well Mike's uh, digging through his phone to get that. Number four on Chris's list: the Happy Mask Salesman, uh, or as I will call him, uh, Hi- Hyrule uh, Horror Story. <laughs> From um, N64's Ocarina of Time, or as you uh, want to call it, Zelda 64, um, and Majora's Mask, this character can go from close, close-eyed happy as a clam one second to psycho freak show the next. No, I don't want to get any of your creepy masks, you freak. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Guru Guru from N64's Ocarina of Time, Zelda 64, and Majora's Mask 64. Words can't uh, describe what I think of this character, so maybe... This will help, and this would be the video that Chris posted, which means I'm going to have to cut the audio for that. Adventures of Link. Uh, when I first saw this, I thought I broke the cartridge or something. Up to this point, every NPC you met at least had some helpful information. This one just said, I am Error. Great, you are Error. Nice to meet you, Error. I am Glitch. <laughs> and number one on Chris's list, Tingle! I was actually Ooh. tempted to put any characters from CDI's <laughs> Wand of Gamalion at number one, but that would be too obvious. Tingle, on the other hand, fits the perfect weird profile. He dresses like Link. He looks like Koji Kondo, the genius behind the Zelda music. He also uh, wants to be a fairy. Big shocker. And he randomly shouts, Kulipa! He definitely deserves the number one spot, in my opinion. Well, that's it for this week's podcast, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris. Who are his two little assistants? On on the island in the wind in the Wind Waker. I don't remember. All I know from Wind Waker is when you talk to the fish, you can do the kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Who is awesome? Dude, I just open it up to right to the. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, he's right there. Um, Mike, by the way, has the entire high. What is this? Hyrule Historia. All right. Pick this one up at Anime Boston. It's got artwork from every single Zelda game um, up until Skyward Sword. That is fucking impressive. Yeah. You know, that's some serious commitment by Nintendo, because I don't think even Mario has art books. Nah. No. Yeah, no. No. You, know, you got you to think, next to Mario, Zelda's like their biggest, next biggest franchise. And Zelda I'm might actually be their most intriguing, because these games all have to be different. You can make a, You can spin a Mario game the same way 15 ways. Right. You can't do that with Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the cool thing about Zelda though is, is it was the, I mean, Mario did love. I love Super Mario Brothers and all, 
It had no plot. I mean, it, it, you you were a, you were an Italian plumber. Who was Move to, this way. Yeah, who was trying who could only run in one way and had had to save the princess from a dragon. Right. When you know you want to call it a plumber for that. Um, <laughs> but Legend of Zelda it actually it was it was almost non-linear in a sense. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could only you could only yeah. You had, could only unlock one dungeon with a tre- treasure from the last one, but you could wander throughout the entire map. Right, exactly. You just wanted to be careful, very, yeah. Very open world. Yeah. Um, and why don't we start talking about that then? So, yeah, it is the 30th anniversary of uh, The Legend of Zelda. Uh, what are your initial memories, start with Joe, on um, on the first game? Let's see, in the first game, 1986, I was... Thirteen. Yep, I got an eighty-seven. So I was kind of year. We we in America started seeing it in eighty-seven. Eighty-six is the Japanese. So yeah, eighty-seven. So I was fourteen. You know, I was it was it was hard because I really wasn't into RPGs at the time. Right. It was I was more of the platformer. I was more of the Metroid, the Super Mario, Mega Man. Yeah. Kind of game type. So for me, it was way different. It was very, it was very hard because I could not figure out yeah. how to do it. It's like I've never played this type of game before in my life. Hmm. Concept art. Oh wow. Cool. So it was very difficult for me to kind of wrap my head that this has a story and you have certain objectives that you have to do rather than just going from point A to point B as fast as you can. Well, right. Trying not to die. Right. Especially when you get into the dungeon sequences where you have to kind of like feel around the room in order to find anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what? In, in, in a way, it was, it was sort of like um, those text-based RPGs we used to play. Yeah. In that you have to kind of figure out where everything is. It's like okay, check over here, check over here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, in, I think in like one of the, in like the first dungeon. You get into this room where you actually have to push one of those little square bricks just to get underneath get, to get the boomerang. Yeah, and yeah, and to get a key as well. And you, I mean, there was no precedence for that. I mean, you, you were just walking on. You you would see all those square bricks in all the other rooms, and they were just static. Well, yeah, this one was. You had to figure out. Oh wait, it's not static in this one. It's, it was very advanced for its era, and I mean, when you think about it, it was the first game with a save feature too, where you you weren't exactly. Force like you you weren't exactly worried that you were gonna lose all your progress right you know which well is, which is the, some, ba- the battery saved the battery saved <laughs> right if you get if your battery was still good you were good <laughs> so I it, think the only time I was openly allowed to curse as a teenager in that in my house growing up was when and they all knew it's when um, the gold cartridge did not save my game right yeah. because it would just be like son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, your game didn't save? Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck! All right. <laughs> well, it's not like the Nintendo had any memory in it, so... No, exactly. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to save the game on this, uh... I'm going to save the game on this battery. You fools can use your codes. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my... Well, you know what? Two minutes. This is before I knew about Nintendo Power, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I actually, that was like... Zelda was the very first walkthrough I'd ever seen. It was, yeah, it was game. the first game that where you we opened up the the magazine and it had the entire map yep. laid out for you. Like, oh, okay. Wow, what are these screenshots? They should call that something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like and another thing when you've got the game and you're at you know you're just mentioning about Mike's book. 
that came with this bound instruction manual that had like the history of what you were going to do and the backgrounds of all these evil characters and all that stuff and I mean it was all rendered in real art not the you know 16 bit or 8 bit graphics you were getting in the game system but damn that was a there was a lot of love put into that game before it came out oh yeah I I remember going over to a friend's house and I didn't you know I never I had never gotten the NES but I saw them play that game and the only thing was I could think of is I need to play this game. Yeah. I did I mean I'd seen Mario Brothers and I thought, Oh that's that's cool, it looks fun. This game I was like, Wow, I need to play this. It was the first game where you could really lose yourself. Yeah. In the game. I mean you had to you had to like map out the entire um world. Yeah. I mean and if you didn't know the instructions on how to get through the uh, the lost woods, yep. Good luck with that. Or the um, there was another one. It was up, it was up the like the mountains. Oh yes. That was also like um, an up down left right type yeah, of situation. Yeah. Um, it's also the yes. only Zelda game I've ever completed. That which I mean, I completed the second level. <laughs> I mean the first the first series of dungeons. Yeah. Because the second series of dungeons are fucking oh, yeah. ridiculous. Like the Master Quest or something like that? Yeah, okay, so here's your wooden sword, yeah. and alright, you're going right into Ganon now. Have fun. Knock yourself out. <laughs> what? What? No. Why are you interrupting the show, Joe? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Pay no, no I, I have beaten this one. Yeah. I have I, this. I beat it, but with a lot of help from, like I said, a lot of help from Nintendo Power. Right. Yep. Well, I, I beat it on the emulator with a lot of help from uh, GameFacts.com. Oh. Oh, see, well, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have those things. We didn't have the internet. We had rocks. Quite honestly, if I was 14 years old and had the internet, <laughs> I wouldn't know that there were game hints because I'd be clandestinely looking for porn <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I would not know what the outside would look like. No, exactly. What, what, what are you doing? Um, nothing. B O O B S. Um, yeah. I mean, this game is just. I mean, I have it on. You know, I, obviously, I had an NES, so I had the gold. I had the gold cartridge. I have it on a. No, it was a special collector's edition yes. Zelda thing. When I bought. Uh, back when Autumn and I were still da- we were dating, yeah. I was just trying to remember if we were engaged or dating at that point. Actually, we might have been engaged at that point, but for Christmas, I bought her a GameCube because she loves games like this. She loves these type of, you know, light cartoonish RPG games. And um, so I bought her the GameCube, and with it, I bought her uh, the Wind Waker, which we'll get into in a little while, and this, this promo disc that were four... Zelda games, including the original Legends of Zelda. Mm. I also have it on the um, the the uh, uh, Game Boy Advance. Uh, that one, I I don't know about that one. Uh, the, the Game Boy Advance, well, it was the one after the original Game Boy Color. Um, the one I got was like a flip-up. Yeah, it looks like a little clam shell. Yeah, yeah it was, that was a Game Boy Advance. I still have that. In fact, I loaned that to Scarlet. I gave that to Scarlet, so... I'm sure I still have mine somewhere. Yeah. I just mainly use that. That was a great out. system. I yeah. love that thing. But, yeah, and I had this Legend of Zelda with that, too. Yeah. I, I had 
I had it downloaded on my 3DS, but then I traded in my 3DS to get a, a better 3DS. Yep. And, and I didn't realize that if you didn't port the, the account over, yep. you lost everything. Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't tell you that anywhere. Hmm. So, meh. So anyway, I'm wearing a shirt right now that actually has all of the villains on there with the exception of Ganon. Not Ganondorf. Ganon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You guys want to hit any of these and see? Uh, I mean, obviously Octoroks were easy, were easy to kill. He killed with a wooden sword in one thing. Um, I I think I did swear at the Wallmaster. Yep. Yeah, I swore, I swore at the Wallmaster a lot. The, um, wait, 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 what is hand? Hey, it didn't kill me! Uh, I'm at the fucking beginning now! Son of a bitch! Um, Armos, I hated them because you can only kill them from the back. Yeah. Um, oh, God, that's right! The Zoles, which you cut them in half and they become gels. Oh, what What about that, um, where's that thing that ate, that ate your shield? The like likes. Yes, like likes ate your shield. Oh man, that I, oh, I hate. Yeah, those picture. are terrible. And they're in a lot more of the games too. So I every single time I hate them. Um, what else we got here? The vires, like the ghost rabbits. Oh, there yeah. are two rabbit-looking things: the pole's voice and the vires. Were the pole's voice the ones that you could? No, no, they were. They the, were the ones that jumped around a lot. Yeah. The Wizrobes, the ones that look like Orko, yeah. needed yeah. the magic wand in order to kill yeah, them. Yeah, they vanished and then they appear somewhere yep, else. Yep, yep, what else we have here? Stuffos were annoying. Um, oh, the the Lynels, these guys here. Oh, yeah, you thought The centaurs with, that, with the shooting blades. Yeah. The Gorillas. Which is obviously Gorilla. Yep. Oh, God, these things, all of them, Zora, all of them. Zoras. Oh, Zoras. Oh, I hate Zoras. Because you can't kill them. You can't, no. They just spit those fireballs at you. Yeah, easily. Think, I mean, you think about it, I mean, the gameplay is pretty advanced for 8-bit systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a got a lot of depth to it. The, the I mean, and everyone had their own special weapon that you could kill them with. The Keeses, the Bats. Yeah. <laughs> you needed the Boomerang. You yeah. had to have the yeah. Boomerang to kill them. Yeah. Uh, the Ropes. Well, you could really use them for anything because they suck. Yeah. Just like Octoroks. I can't remember. Could you could you stun an Octorok with the uh, the boomerang? Oh yeah. All right. In fact, um, I I did find out a neat little um, neat little trick. If if like um, when you're going out through the main world, yeah. You know, if you kill all the enemies and you come, you know, you, you leave and you come back like a like a couple minutes later, all yep. the enemies respawn. Yeah. If you kill all the enemies but one. Mm-hmm. That only that one enemy will, will continue remain to there, yeah. Spawn. So that was pretty nifty. That was good because that that means that you don't have to like you know scramble your way through another. Yeah, especially especially in those uh, forest levels where you had all the moblins coming at you. Yeah. And they would just appear out of every single entrance. And... <laughs> God damn it! Stop coming at me, stupid bulldogs! Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that's where I got my unnatural fear of bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah, because you're expecting that they're going to be wielding spears. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, a couple years later, and thanks to Nintendo Power, who couldn't have built this game up anymore, to severely let us all down, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda 2, an adventure, The Adventure of Link. 
Yeah. What a piece of shit this game well, was. They had to they had to call it Adventures of Link so that everyone knows, no, you're not playing fucking Zelda. Again. <laughs> this is how this works, this dummy. Is Zel- this is Link. The the princess is Zelda. You are you are not playing Zelda. You are playing Link. Yes. Yeah. I've seen a number of shirts as a uh, oh, yeah. legend uh, Zelda uh, Link walking around. I am not Zelda. <laughs> this game, I mean, and this brings us back to side-scroller. Why does it look like Mario Brothers with uh, Link clothing? With swords, yeah. Yeah. That's like, okay, it's like, it's a blend between Super Mario Brothers, some of the screens of Legend of Zelda, and a really shittily animated version of uh, Castlevania. Yeah. The, sprite gra- the, the sprite graphics aren't even that good. No, they're not good at all. I, I I have never beaten this one, but I do remember one enemy just that just. I have never maintained interest in this game long enough to try to attempt to beat it at all. There is one enemy that always severely irritated me so much that I just stopped playing. Like the, it's like the one of the bosses of one of the dungeons. It's this giant horse. This <laughs> armor, like uh, no, it's a it's a guy with a horse head. Right. He's armor all everywhere but his head. So you have to hit his head, but. You can only hit his head by jumping and striking at the same time. But if your timing is slightly off, you hit his armor. Yeah. So you have to time it just right so you strike at the, at the zenith of your jump. And it is damn near impossible to do that. Well, just a little quick little side note. Any of these games compatible with Game Genie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that they were, but just I'm just curious about that because... We were talking. I was talking about this to a couple of coworkers um, about like some of the shitty peripherals that that Nintendo had, and whether or not they made Zelda games easier. So between the Game Genie and do you guys remember the Turbo Mat, the Turbo yes. Controller? Yeah. I don't think that did anything either. Actually, it game, rushed you to your death. I think is the what Game Genie might have because I remember playing um, these games on an NES emulator that had an option for Game Genie. Oh, Jesus. Hi, you still can't do it after all these years? Well, here's the cheat code. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Hey, but it worked! No good. <laughs> and I still couldn't hit that damn head. <laughs> Here, Here's Game Genie. They makes the cartridges stick out so much, hopefully a little sister's not going to walk past your game system right now. <laughs> oh, nope, sorry. The spring popped out again. <laughs> Better blow into the cartridge again. Yep. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Uh, except for the springs, which are completely going to fail. I, I, I get a feeling that Nintendo kind of rushed this into market, considering it only came out less than a year after the original Zelda. Uh, well, it came out in 80. I remember it came out in 80, like late 88. So well, that's I'm talking, well, technically in, two years. In Japan. But, yeah. No, it's, it's saying that it was developed and published by Nintendo on January 14, 1987. Less right. than a year after the original Legend of Zelda video game was released, and seven months before. North America saw the release of the first Zelda game. Right. So what was the holdup then? Because I remember there were a lot of delays when this game came, and, and Nintendo yeah. Power was like all apologetic and shit. And then it came out in 88 in North America. Okay. So it came out probably just over a year. Yeah, it was it was, conf- it was confusing because I had never seen like a game get delayed before. Hmm. Oh, well, part of it was it was designed for the disk system. It wasn't designed as a cartridge. Oh. So there was, there was an issue with trans, transferring the format. Oh, okay, to the, to the, the, cartridge. the cartridge, to the actual silicone-based cartridge. Yeah. All right. 
Mike, anything else you got have, you have on Zelda 2? Nah. All nah, right. That's it. All right, so that moves us to uh, the SNES system and The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. This was the this is the first Zelda game that I owned and it was actually it was actually the first Zelda game that I ever played because I'd only seen my friends play right. Zelda. Right. Well, this was Return to Form. It was very very similar, but this is the first time that they brought in stuff like villages and chickens yeah. and Tornadoes of chickens. I, th I think this is what pots really, you could destroy. This is what really cemented the Legend of Zelda as a, a premier storyteller. Right. Well, they, they obviously they were able to learn from their mistakes. Very similar to how well, Mario learned from two and three. I mean, is it is it safe to say that Le Legend of Zelda pretty much defined the JRPG format? The way that, you know the game the game style. This is your conversation, guys. Um, no, I wouldn't call it a JRPG though. It's it's more of an action. It's more of an action game with uh, some RPG elements, and that you gotta like build up your hearts. You know, you collect right. heart pieces, and you collect new weapons and improve your current weapons. But, See, but I think I think later on, later RPG, JRPGs after this took a lot of their formatting from Legend of Zelda. Um, a while later, yeah, but I mean. The original okay. Final Fantasy games absolutely okay. took think, from this one. I think until you got into later PS JRPG games, I think a lot of them, you could say a lot of them were, I don't want to say direct copies, but took uh, a lot of their inspiration from Zelda. I would say a lot of the action RPGs took their uh, um, inspiration from Zelda. The like, traditional RPGs, uh, not so much. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, like, like action RPGs, like Secret of Mana, absolutely took a lot of inspiration right. from uh, Legend of Zelda. Hmm. I'm trying to remember which one I had to the Game Boy. Oh, next one. Do you have yeah. anything else to say about the Adventures of Link? I'm sorry, a Link to the Past. Nope. All right, Link's Awakening. I had for the Game Boy. I beat this one too. I, yep. I beat Legend of Link to the Past as well. I always confuse a Link to the Past and Link's Awakening because they're virtually the same game. I mean, this is the first one that really, I think, messes with the timeline. And sort of. Explain. Well, no, no, I'm just looking at the timeline for the Legend of Zelda games, and it, 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 it's not exactly after Link to the Past, but it's close to it. All right. The Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games go in between them. All right. So I, I've got the in my Hyrule Historia. I've got the uh, the official timeline. The official timeline of the Legend of Zelda games. Confused, we are. <laughs> well, it is. It's it does get confusing after Ocarina of Time, but yeah. Speaking of which, oh, Ocarina yeah. of Time. Beat it. You beat it. Autumn beat yeah. this game twice. I beat it twice. I beat too. this one. Yeah. This this I I think this is in mo in a lot of Zelda fans' minds. This is the pinnacle of this Legend of Zelda. This is widely considered to be the best Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I think the whole time travel element and the, the ability to lead back and forth between times, Yeah. I think that really added a whole other depth to the storyline. Not to mention the fact that this actually had more in the way of... Um, just like, there were more puzzles, there were more challenges. And, I mean, apart from the fact it's really more of a 3D game. 
because this was the first one. This was the first one to really take the top down or take down, take away the top down approach. Yeah, right. It was a, a full three D game right. where you know you had full three hundred sixty degree view and. And they did it well, unlike uh, Super Mario 64. Right, exactly. Which, Where am I going? Which, yeah, double jump, triple jump. Ah, yay! Wait, wait, where'd the camera go? What? I just ran into the, the pit. What the hell? <laughs> now, this was done well. Yeah, this is a, this is a fantastic game. Yes. Besides, who can, get, who can get bored of fishing? <laughs> fishing, that's America's sport, right? <laughs> I mean, this game has everything. It really... I mean, it's got horseback riding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got music. Yeah. Oh, it's got great music, actually. Yeah. I, um, I've, I've actually got this... Uh, I bought an album from a, um, from a YouTube violinist who she did an entire album of just Legend of Zelda music. Yep. And uh, one second. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to. Yeah. I had to. So maybe me beat you to death, because this is a big book. Oh, God, no! book, too. Damn it, you got the steel version, too. It only takes two hits to get me. <laughs> it's like a Tyson book. <laughs> yeah, no, this game is, 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 it's a lot of fun. The replay value on this is insane. Yeah. Which usually isn't the case for these games, because, you know, these are the kind of types of games that you finish it once, you never really need to play it again. Right. Right. But, what have you got to prove? But, I mean, the, the world is just so expansive and so detailed, and trying to find every last, like, piece, mm, every last yeah. treasure is quite tricky. Yeah. Yeah, especially for a completionist or somebody like Yeah. Right. Pull your hair out. Right, exactly. I'm sorry, you can't kill Ganon, Dorf. Because of, uh, you know, you, you missed uh, cracking open this pot back in, in the third village. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I gotta go back? <laughs> it's almost like um, Dragon Slayer 2. Dragon Slayer 2. Yeah. Oh, where you have yeah. to clutch every single fucking thing in order to complete the game. Yeah. Lest ye begin again. Um, so then from there, we actually have possibly the most entertaining Zelda game. The wi- uh, the Wind Waker. Uh, I think you missed one. Did I? Which one? Majora's Mask. Oh, actually, so I have that the, I, the, the listed, afterwards. listed afterwards. Yeah. Really? Yes. I thought that was made first. I, I'm, on, I'm on the Wikipedia. I, I grabbed these off of Wikipedia, so I could very well be wrong. You know what? Let, let's cool the good feelings we have about Ocarina of Time and talk about Majora's Mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Yeah, Majora's Mask was made about two years before Wind Waker. Okay. Well, according to not according to Wikipedia, and they were always right. Um, Majora's Mask is a shitty game. This is, to date, the only Legend of Zelda game, well, besides the CDI ones, of course, that I have never played. Mm. I, I own it. That bad, huh? I, I do own it. I got it, um, I got it uh, with a 3DS. But I never have. I've never I played up. this game for about a good solid hour before I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. This is a terrible game. I mean, first of all, it starts off where Link is riding, gets ran, you know, ransacked, and then they fucking kill Epona, his horse, like right in front of him. Nice. And then, and then you find out the world's going to be destroyed in three days. Yep. So you have exactly three days to finish the game, loser. <laughs> No pressure. None at all. Hope you stocked up on Mountain Dew before you plop this in. We didn't <laughs> warn you in advance. Mm. 
Yeah, I got nothing more to say. You got nothing more to say about it. It was very successful, though. Other than you sold 314,000 copies in its first week in Japan. In Japan. And they probably big on copies sold worldwide. You get a lot of really creepy masks in, in George's mask, don't you? Joe, can you actually look up to see what the best, in order, what the best-selling uh, Zelda games are? Yeah. That would actually be interesting to see, because it doesn't surprise me this would have done well in Japan. This is totally up their alley. Um, I'm looking up the artwork for it. Oh, from Majora's Mask? Yeah. There you go. There we go. Goron Link with his green leaf loincloth. <laughs> Ew. That's just creepy. What do you got, Joe? All right. All right. Zora Link, Deku Link. All right. Number one. Yep. 1987, the original Legend of Zelda at 6.5 million. Makes sense. I can, I can see that. Number two, Z Zelda 2, Adventures of Link at 4.38 million. I can see that. That one had a lot of build behind it. Number three, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, 4.6 mil. All right. Number four, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, 3.83. Are you just reading off the, the list of the, of the games and how they were released? This is just the release order. No, no, no. Uh -oh, no, no, actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Hold on. All right. I mean, it makes sense that, like, the original Zelda would be the top-selling Zelda game. Yeah, no. No, actually, it isn't. It I'm isn't. Thinking, no. What is it? Oh, hold on. I'm, I would guess. Wow. Um, Ocarina of Time. Nope. What? It is a Wii game. It's a Wii little game. And it is Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Really? 8.58 million. Wow. Um, I wonder if that's combined. That's combined. Wii. Yeah, that's combined. Wii, no. Wii and GameCube. Wii is 7.6 million. GameCube, 1.32 million. Wow. Well, we have a Twilight I, Princess? Yeah. Okay. They're actually re-releasing that one. Wow. They're re-releasing right. re that one pretty soon. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it was on two separate systems. <laughs> yeah, after that is Ocarina of Time at 7.6. All right. That's number two. Ocarina of Time, and then what? what the original? Number three, number three is the original. Yeah. Number four is Zelda 2, and then number five is uh, Link to the Past. Wow, okay. Majora's Mask came in at number eight at 3.36. Huh. There was a lot, I remember there was a lot of marketing for, for Majora's Mask. A lot of marketing. Oh my god. Yeah, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Wii U. Huh. When is that coming out? I don't know. Sometime this year, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking up. Sorry, we just blew our wad on a brand new game system. We're not doing another one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? Yes. Um, if this is correct, it released it on March 4th. Wow. wow. Not bad. So that might be the... Well, I was just reading they that... There's going to be a, a you know, we use got amiibo capabilities now. Yeah. That you're going to have to, if you want to open up a certain area, you have to buy the, the Wolf Link amiibo. Oh, Jesus. Well, I'll, I'll Is that doing like it. their version of Infinity? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. All right. So, um, yeah, not a whole lot to say about Majora's Mask other than that sucked. Um, next up, then, Wind Waker. The first cel shaded um, Zelda game. 
I just beat this one for the first time last year, actually. This is the other game Autumn has beaten twice. This is a fun game. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's a fun game. Okay. Because this one, you can go sailing. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot more fun playing it on the Wii U, to be honest. Okay. The uh, Wii U HD port, it had a, um, I mean, it had the regular sale, but it also had what's called a fast sale. Okay. Which allows you to, like, almost doubles or triples your speed, and no matter which way the wind is blowing. Okay. Because huh. that was always my pet peeve about playing it on the Wii, or the GameCube, is that you had to wait for, you had to change the wind in order to get any kind of speed. Right. Well, that's part of the fun of the game, though, is having to, you know, pull out the ocarina and do all that fun stuff. Uh, the Wind Waker. Yeah. But you have the ocarina. You had that little flute to, like, move the wind. And... No, no, you, you did, uh, did the... Uh... Oh, that's right. It was more like you were conducting it. Yeah, you conducted it with your Wind Waker baton. Ah. Yeah, that's why I haven't played these games in forever and Autumn plays them all the time. <laughs> you guys continue for a second. got to go grab something. We'll be right back. All right. Yeah. All right. Just keep talking. <laughs> uh, this one... This one, there was a lot of, like, searching around these different islands, though. Because, I mean... And, I don't know, one of the parts I did you, have you ever played this one? No, I, I, I haven't played it personally. I've seen my uh, nieces play it, though, uh, on their uh, GameCube. This, what game is that? Wind Waker? Wind Waker, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Wii, on their Wii U. Oh. One of the parts I really, really hate about this one, though, is once, um, once all of the Koroks, you know, the little plant people, once they go to the different islands with the, with the Deku uh, saplings, Yep. And then you, in order to um, like bring them all to life and get a heart fragment, yeah, you have to get the water from the from the magic pools in the Deku in the um, Deku place, and then you have to go through every single one of those like five or six islands and pour the water on the yep. on the island. Yep. And if you don't do it in like five minutes, you have to start doing the whole thing. thing over again. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I know. I've I've witnessed my wife doing that. Yeah, we, we, I had to get, um, I had to pull up the map on GameFAQs for that one because if I didn't, there's no way in hell I'd be able to find Son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this is a really fun game. Yes. All right. Um. So next up on this, two Game Boy games that I think were released simultaneously: Oracle of Seasons and Oracle, Oracle of, of Ages. Ages. Yeah. I have no memory of these games. Mike, can you uh, shed played, some light on them? I have played them both. Um, now, were they like P Pokemon games where it really didn't matter which one you bought? They were just different colored cartridges? No. no. All right. Um, they were actually two separate stories, but they did kind of... like They were basically two parts of the bigger story. All right. In order to get the entire story... You had to play them both. Okay. So um, you could play through uh, Oracle of Ages all the way through and beat it, and then they give you a code. All right. Then you go into Oracle of Seasons, and you enter in that code, and it allows you to start the game and play through, get to the ending of Oracle of Seasons, and then you get to the, and then you get like the main, get to the main bad bad guy of both the games. Oh. So, so you really can't beat the big bad until you play the both. Yeah, you can't. Right. You can't play. You can't find out the entire story and beat the ultimate villain until you've played both games. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. It was interesting. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty hmm. creative. Yeah, it was a pretty fun game actually. Now here's a game that actually was supposed to tie the Game Boy and the um, GameCube together: uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Yeah. I, I mean, I ne I've never played this one. Before. I have basic memories of this game because we own it. 
Okay. Um, I just remember there were four Zeldas, one blue, one red, one yellow, and one um, green. Four Zeldas? No, sorry, four, four links. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> oh, God! No, oh, it hurts so much. <laughs> Thank you for using the wooden one. Um, <laughs> where I, I think what you were supposed to do is you plugged the, the, the special controller into your Game Boy... And there was like extra levels you would play through the Game Boy and then go back to the the GameCube, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have anything about that in that big book there, Mike? Um, I'm sure there is somewhere. Hold on. Um, this was the which one was this one? Four Swords. The Four Swords Adventure. Um, yeah. was that just one of those things that like Four Swords Adventure? Less said about this, the better. Yeah, it ain't in this one. Wow, oh, really? I got, let me see, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Adventure of Link, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Weaker, Oracle of Ages, Slash Oracle of Seasons, Twilight Princess, Grand Barrowglass, Spirit Tracks, and, ooh, Game Card Catalog, maybe it's down there. Alright. Find it. Be right back. Alright. There's a really cool manga that I haven't read yet. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, yeah. Uh, Four Swords Adventure. Uh, yep, let's see. Uh, no, is that it right? Yep. Four Swords, right the, the last one, down there. And Four Swords, a sequel to Four Swords. All right. I would, I would, fi I would figure there'd be more about this. It's, it's considered the 40, it was considered the 48th best game ever made for a Nintendo system. By really? Nintendo, by Nintendo Power. Really? 86 out of 100 on Metacritic, so there's got to be more about it than... Right. I have very little memory about what this game is about. I know it had to have had a linear adventure story. Well, I mean, it, it's, in, I mean, it's weird. I mean, they got Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, and Four Swords, and then they have A Legend of Zelda, Four Swords Adventures. So, A Link to the Past and Four Swords was, uh, the game was a reissue of A Link to the Past from the Game Boy Advance. All right. Players could connect the, with Four Swords in order to co enjoy cooperative play. Alright, I remember that. So, it was like, uh, it was a version of A Link to the Past that you could do multiplayers with. Okay, so it was the first time that they actually had a multiplayer Zelda, uh, Zelda game. Yeah, and then they did Four Swords Adventures, which is a, a sequel to Four Swords, a game that was bundled with a reissue of Link to the Past. It included three modes. Hyrulean Adventure, a single-player campaign. Shadow Battle, a battle royale that could be enjoyed up to four players. And Navi Trackers, a game that involved collecting medallions. Okay. Huh. Yeah, in multiplayer mode, players could connect the Game Boy Advance to the GameCube and use the system as a controller. All right. I remember that one, actually. All right. Never played it, but I remember it. Yeah, we, we have it. Well, it, said, well it, said, it says here that Navi, Tracker, Navi Trackers is a game only present in the Japanese version of Four Swords Adventures. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I just found a game that... I have played, but it's not on our list here. Oh! The Minish Cap. All right, what's that one about? Uh, that's where, like, you play as Link, but you get this special cap that allows you to shrink really, really tiny. <laughs> and you get, I mean, it, it, I mean, look at this. You can walk through it and you see an acorn right there. <laughs> that also has got the cell shading on it, right? So that's um, more like Wind yeah. Waker? Yes, yeah, it's, it's cell shading type. This was released in November 4th, 2004 hmm. for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, I, I think I have it somewhere. Yeah, by that point we weren't playing the Game Boy anymore. Yeah. 
All right, so next up on the list, um, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. The this is a fun game. Top se- Joe, top-selling? Top-selling Zelda game there is. Very interesting game. This yeah. one we got for... Shit, I'm trying to remember if we got this for the Wii or we had this for the... Uh, no, we had this for the GameCube. I got this. The... I think this was the year, the year right before um, we bought the Wii. I got the Wii primarily to play this game. Yeah. And th- I love this game. Yeah. This this one adds oh so much storytelling to... Well, you got the uh, the other added aspect of doing the wolf mode. Yeah. This Isn't this also the introduction of that annoying little fairy? Hey! Ethan! No, no, that was Ocarina of Time. Oh, God damn it! All right. Yeah, this one had, um... Uh, damn, what was her name? The Annoyance? Twilight, the Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess? No, yeah, yeah. Twilight Princess. <laughs> Uh, her her name. Huh. All right, I'm looking this one up. Yeah. So I remember, like, that really annoyed me. 170. Really oh, annoyed yeah. me. I, will, I actually own it. I've seen artwork at Anime Boston of Link just, like, trying to cover his ears and going mad with uh, the Navi just floating around saying, Hey, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen. <laughs> Alright, Wolf Link. Midna, that was it. Oh, yeah. The Twilight Princess that, that rides on your back when you're in wolf form. Hey, listen. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, but Twilight Princess is a is, is seriously a fun game to play. Yeah. I mean, again, I, this is the kind of thing that we should have maybe bought a copy for the Wii. I'm sure I can still get one. I mean, our Wii is still up connected to our television, but... Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I, I'm right now. I'm just waiting for the the uh, Wii U update now. All right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's right. So two more months. It's all yours, buddy. Not even two more months. Month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half at most. Oh yeah. Cool. Cool. Um. All right. So let's move on to the next one then. I guess because all we have to say is awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, for the Nintendo DS, the Game Boy DS rather, uh, Legend of Zelda: Spirit Tracks. Yes. This was. Wait, wait. Did we miss the Phantom Hourglass? Yes, we did. Yeah, Phantom Hourglass was actually a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Okay. Um, you basically you sail off. Is that a DS game? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you. I mean, at after the end, you sail after the end of Wind Waker, you sail off into the unexplored ocean oceans with um, Petra slash Zelda. All right. And in the beginning of Phantom Hourglass, um. The the pirate ship that you're on with the with all the, with Petra and the others, it gets attacked. Petra gets turned to stone and kidnapped, <laughs> and you get thrown off. And so you just float up and you get recovered by this guy with his little with his little motorboat. And then you've got to use that to travel around the oceans and try and find all the try and find Zelda back. Okay. Huh. It's actually a fun little one. You use the um the Touchscreen on the um, DS to plot out plot out a course for your boat. Okay, kind of cool. I've actually never played a DS. Okay. Ever. Just I like my Game Boy too much. You never. must can come into the future. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Haven't they upgraded the uh, DS? The 3DS. 3DS, yeah. That thing's been around for like almost 10 years now, well, The 3DS can also play DS games. That's true. No, again. If you can if you can withstand the headaches and the nausea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which I can. I can't. No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I can't imagine what my kids would be like. I mean, my kids don't get sick all that often, but just... Daddy, I don't. <laughs> you gotta tell me now. You can't. You, you can't. You can't have the stomach ache. You gotta. You just. Yeah, why, why? did you make me play this? It's gonna be kind of like um the kid from a, a Christmas Vacation. Yeah. My yeah. mule. Your eyes go. Uh, I go. I go straight. Fall down a well. They go cross eye. <laughs> All right. So uh, spirit tracks. Anybody? Anyone? Yeah, I played this one. All right. Any good? Yeah. It's another DS. It's. Kind of, it's a similar cell shading, like like Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass. Okay. But instead of a boat, you're on a train. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, You're on a train? Yeah. That's interesting, because that totally takes away from the medieval uh, <laughs> feel. Yeah, it, it kind of gives it a more uh, steampunk-type feel to it. Oh, fuck this, then. Is this the one? Steampunk. Get away from me. <laughs> Get out of here with that bullshit. Is this the one where... I'm wearing a top hat and a monocle. My <laughs> gun is made of steam. <laughs> yeah, right there. See, see, there's your there's your little train. There's the evil train that you have okay. to try and take down. Is this the one where... This way I can excuse all my hipster hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one where... No. Well, actually, it might be. There, uh, I think it's... It might... It's either this one or one that I can't recall. Where... Yeah, I see a bunch of trains there, including yeah. a little engine that could, so... Uh, there's there's a game... I, I think it's this one, but I may be wrong, where Zelda actually helps you out because her spirit is kind of trapped in a suit of armor. <laughs> and so, so you use that to help solve a lot of the puzzles... These are so wildly Japanese, like, tropes. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. fun, though. I mean, the only thing that they're lacking at this point is just getting enough rupees to buy a uh, teenage girl's underpa- underwear and a <laughs> vending machine. Well, hey, at least it gives Zelda an active role in the game. True. That's something... Instead you... of just playing victim. Right. You actually get to control Zelda. That's something that's never happened before. Right. Joe is, Joe is more intrigued by the uh, the 1985 Skids Transformer here. Non-racist. That's a racist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not He's the, blue, not watermelon colored. Not the Michael Bay Skids. Yeah, exactly. The problem with these things that I've noticed is that they, when the um, kind of like the stiffness of the joints goes away, these yes. things don't stay together for shit. Oh, no, they go floppy. Or like no, nobody's business. They are yeah, pretty awful. But die-cast, die, real metal. Die-cast metal, which, by the way, I will say, just, you know, as an aside here, because we got to get back to this, um, I got Jamie a bunch of Hot Wheels, Star Wars ships. Yeah. I had forgotten how goddamn awesome die-cast metal is, because it will withstand anything. anything. Oh, dude, that's why, that's why, like, I've seen the Black Edition, um, like, action figures for Star Wars. Yep. But after I got that... The um, did you get the edition. did you get the Disney uh, store? I got the elite version of wow. Ray die cast action figure of Ray. Oh, that's got, have, that's got some heft to it. Weighs a ton. You can hit somebody. Damn, you can beat someone to death with that one. Oh God, you can kill a whale with it. I told you the story, by the way. Speaking of which, but and this harkens back to our prequel show when Mike showed us his gorgeous black edition um, yeah. stormtrooper. We were at my, I was going to, I was picking my grandmother up at my aunt's house where, um, 
you know, Anna's parents, Anna, who was yeah. our, our guest on the show a few months ago. And I'm like, hey, look at this. My friend spent an ungodly amount of money for this thing. Yes, I did. I think Anna got it for free. I'm pretty sure she did. <laughs> yes, that's because she works at Hasbro, and I don't. Exactly. So anyway, all right, where are we? Oh, okay. The la- the I think, well, is this really the last official, like, brand new storyline console game? I'm probably wrong about this, but Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, um, for the console, yes. Um, for the for the games, I think uh, A Link Between Worlds is the, is the last. Okay, now is A Link Between Worlds a uh, Wii U game? That's, no, it's 3DS. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm talking like regular like home consoles, yeah, not home the console portable is, consoles. Yeah, Skyward Sword, yeah. Yeah, wow, wow. God, that's, se- that's going on seven years. Really? Is that old? Twenty. I, I bought it in 2011. Yeah, t- 2011. Yeah. So that's wow. So it's been seven years since, since the last new console since game, since new, new console. console Zelda game. Yeah. Because I know that they've, you know, you know, like Mike was saying, they pretty much re-released all the original, the other games, like as you know, updated re-releases on the right. system. But this is the, like yeah. the last original game. Wow. Well, other than a link between worlds. Yeah, but again, that that's port that's portable. Yeah, yeah, it almost. Is. I understand that they actually sell more portable consoles than they do home consoles. Well, that's why Nintendo just got into the uh, mobile market, right? Making mobile games because you're probably going to make more money. <laughs> well, they they do. Do. Yeah, I mean, mean the the, 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 the n- n- Nintendo consoles are never going to catch up to what Sony no. and no, Microsoft which wasn't there. I mean, we had this conversation eight years ago, but we um, it was never, it was their, never their intention to do that in the no. first yeah. place. They were more for the fun games they have they've got the franchise players yeah that's the thing with nintendo um skyward sword is a very interesting game notwithstanding the fact that my wife practically injured herself while she was nine months pregnant playing it (laughs) because this game really took the wii you know like the wii motion controls and really just whooped your ass with them i I mean it's a fun fun ass game but i when you have to do the like, precision strikes, especially against like the that that gay ass villain, yeah, to fight, I, that is hard to do because I mean, basically you have to like hold it up at one point and let them let him get ready to block it. Then you have to move around and slash it di- from a different angle. Yep. And I mean, getting it just getting it to react appropriately is a pain in the ass. And that's the thing too with with games like this, especially with that type of. You can't play this game sitting down. No. You no. have to be standing up playing this, which, again, you know, for someone who was nine months pregnant at the time. Yeah. This and is- I got it for her. You know, she wasn't even she wasn't pregnant when I bought it for her, but, you know, just kind of like that slow burn of playing a game. Yeah. You know, because would, she would take months. She'd finish them. God bless her, because I have no patience for this stuff. <laughs> I mean, then again, I have Fallout 4, and I've touched, I haven't touched it in, like, three weeks. Not to say it's a bad game. I enjoy playing it. It's just that I like just button mashing for an hour, jacking, you know, jaw jacking with you guys on uh, PS4, and then going to bed. In the, in the uh, Legends, in the Hyrule chronology, Skyward Sword is the very first game. Are you shitting me? Nope. Really? So Sky- it's the first game, and it's, it's the first chron- chron- story. Chronologically, it's Skyward story. Sword is the first so it's a story. Prequel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the prequel to end all prequels because it's also the last original game in the series. Yep. 
So it sets everything in motion for the rest of the... Yeah. Wow. Um, chronologically, chronologically, it goes Scourge Sword, the Minish Cap, Four Swords, then the Ocarina of Time, and then it gets fun. Because then, after that, the uh, timeline gets split into three. You have the hero uh, where if the uh, if in the Ocarina of Time, if Ganon defeated Link, yep, then it goes to uh, Link to the Past, then Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, then Link's Awakening, then the original Legend of Zelda, and then the Adventures of Link. If if uh, Link wins, then it splits again. Timeline splits again into Child Link. An adult Link. Child Link goes to Majora's Mask, then Twilight Princess, then Four Swords Adventures, and Adult Link goes to Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. What is this, DC Comics? <laughs> uh, DC wishes it was this streamlined. <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I gotta give them that. <laughs> DC wishes they had this level of consistency in their timelines. <laughs> Oh my Not god. I am forbidden from saying anything, good or bad. Alright, um Well that's by by Jim and Jim's not here, so screw Exactly, exactly. <laughs> However, I am bound by law to to refrain from saying anything positive or negative. Alright. So then the final game on the Nintendo list here, Legend of Zelda, a link between worlds. What are you looking for? Um my Gatorade. Your Gatorade is right by your feet, sir. Right there. Right there. Other side. Your blind spot. <laughs> Damn you, blind spot! Mike, have you played A Link Between Worlds? Because Joe and I don't own 3DSs. Because apparently beat... Joe gets seizures and I just can't. I've beaten A Link Between Worlds. And how is it? It's a fun game, actually. What, um, what do they do? Well, I mean, it's it's set in actually the same world as um, uh, Link, uh, Link to the Past. Okay. Where, you know, you got the village, they got the castle and all that. But basically... um. When, when the game starts off, you um, you're trying to rescue Zelda, who's being attacked by this by this guy who can turn people into paintings, and also um, bring those paintings to life. So, like you walk into the castle like first thing in the morning, and you see all these pa- paintings of evil soldiers all over the place. And later on, those soldiers are all, are all attacking. Really? Yep. And so, like you know, eventually, um, this weird guy with a rabbit mask on gives you this <laughs> gives you this like this kind of weird ass bracelet but the bracelet turns out to be a very, very, very fortuitous because later on um, the villain turns you into a painting but the bracelet allows you to uh, leave the wall and move along, move around on the wall so you get you know you're on this 3D world but as you, but in order to solve some puzzles you can actually stick to the wall and walk around corners and pop off in a different spot. Okay. that That's rather interesting, sir. Yeah, it's a fun game. Huh. All right. So. The robot chicken rescuing Zelda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your first time. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the, um, what was it, the, uh, the Family Guy version of um, Mario rescuing Zelda. Yeah. Uh, Mario rescuing the princess. So how about a kiss? What, you think just because you rescue me, I, I have to service you? I'm not asking for a blowjob, I'm asking for a kiss! (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, now we're going to talk about the three games that dare not speak their names. For the um, the CDI. I, I, do, I truly believe that these guys were inspired by the Legend of Zelda cartoon. Uh, they had to have been. Which, by the way, let's just let's just throw this out here now and just get rid of the line item on our timeline it's here. The less said about that game, that show, the better. You were so disappointed. This is the Triforce of Wisdom, Link. The evil wizard Ganon has the Triforce of Power. gets both Triforces will rule this land forever. You must help me, Link. Hey, for you, Zelda, anything. All right, now this this is going to feed into my worries about them doing anything live action for The Legend of Zelda. I don't know, the Netflix series would be cool. And the Netflix series, I, I think, would be cool, except for the fact that Link, Link roams alone. So there's a lot of times of him just walking alone in the forest. He shouldn't have a sidekick. He hey. shouldn't have a snazzy Asian, you know, uh, you know, best friend. They give him a little fairy sidekick. No. Oh, hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm the CEO of Netflix. Uh, listen, we we don't do this all this often, but we're um we're canceling <laughs> while you're watching it. Sorry, we fucked up. We we didn't really quite understand how the dynamic of this this thing works. So. Well, I was, I was so disappointed. I mean. It, the, the cartoon came out, what, like, 88? Came out in 88. It was part of the Nintendo Power Hour with but Captain Lou Albano as Super Mario. I remember. Well, when, I, when, I saw, well, when I saw that there was going to be a, Nintendo, uh, a Legend of Zelda game uh, uh, cartoon, I'm like, well, Legend of Zelda is Japanese. I At the time, I had a pretty good understanding of anime. You know, Robotech was out, Mac, you know, so I knew about Macross and all that. So I was like... Oh, cool! I watch. I'll, I, I'm thinking it's anime. I'm like, cool! I can watch more anime. And it's the anime. DIC Entertainment yep. American crap. I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking with me, really? Uh, the thing I most remember about this cartoon was that <coughs> it. I mean, Monday through Thursday on that like uh, the Nintendo Power Hour, yeah, Super Mario Super Show, they would show a Super Mario Bros. cartoon that was, you know. Whatever. But every Friday, they would have Legend of Zelda. And so I would have to wait every single week till Friday to see my next... Because I... You, you know, up, my three- or four-year-old self loved the hell of this shit. Yep. Now I realize this is dog shit. As a young man, you didn't quite realize what a dick punch was. But, uh, <laughs> but I was getting it every oh Friday at four thirty. Awful. I mean, you knew you knew it was, this was all Nintendo of America, and it had nothing yep. to do with Nintendo. Well, that's the thing too is that um, Dick, which by the way, yeah, yeah, Apropos, Dick. yeah, made filmation look like goddamn Walt Disney. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, it was it, God. They were awful. I'm pretty sure um, the Shigeru, Shigeru Iwamoto. Miyamoto, sorry, 
had no no input. No, no they, input. They, they didn't like. They didn't even try and show this one, damn. He's like, uh, yeah, we're making cartoon. He might oh, have been woke. I see. No, he might have been awoken one day. You know, <laughs> laying next to the woman who was servicing his um, sushi. Yeah. You know, the naked sushi the night before, and like, what is this truck of money being wheeled up to my house? Oh, they're making a um, an American uh, animated Legend of Zelda cartoon. Is that money for me? <laughs> yeah. I look the other way. <laughs> can I you really want to do that? Hi. Can I see the cartoon? Uh, uh, no. no. No, you really don't. Sir, <laughs> just look at the money instead. Just look at the pile of money. Don't pay attention to the cartoon. Look at the pile of money. Money, not the cartoon. Not the cartoon, money. Oh, you're looking at the cartoon. <laughs> hey, look at the hooker. Look at the, yeah, look at the cocaine on the prostitute. Exactly. <laughs> Look at that! Hey, put sushi on that we could. Alright. This has been your annual racist. Exactly. Hey, first racism of the new year. Grape soda. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Dante Hicks is just like you. He loves grape soda. Alright, so anyway, yeah, Philip's CDI, which again. My only real real interaction with this system was the uh, that, 1994 yeah, Mystery Science Theater Tur Turkey Day Marathon, where this was the only ads they played the entire time. Yeah, but guys like with the guys bothering somebody on a bus, and then his eyes explode or something like that. Yeah, um, there were three games: Link, the Faces of Evil, Zelda, the Wand of Gamaliel, and Zelda's Adventure. I don't know of these games. All right, here's how bad these games are. Cicerone hasn't played any of these games. Wow. So either he's telling the truth, and these are absolute dog shit. Or he's hiding it, he doesn't want to admit it. He likes the, he likes the movie Pootie Tang, solely based on the title Pootie Tang. <laughs> we love you. Or he's played these, and had to, like, make culpa himself to sleep because they are so awful he won't admit to watching them. I'm actually surprised that Nintendo licensed out their games to another This was though. a dark time for them. Keep in mind, too, because SNES... Yeah, was like 94, right before... 94, they... SNES had been out for, like, a good three and a half years already. I mean, they figured out ways of rejiggering their entire system right. by doing the, um, the Polygon... Yeah. By, yeah. by, like, you know, reconfiguring how polygons Fox. work. So, yeah. Star Fox and uh, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. They hadn't figured it out for Zelda yet. And, you know what? Fuck it. It's a couple of bucks in our pocket. Well, I, I guess they, they were trying to make... They were trying to get into the CD realm, so they did a... Like a... Oh, because this was around the time they were trying to do a hookup with Sony, and it wasn't working. It right. Work so, out. so, it didn't work out with Sony, so they hooked up with Philips instead. Philips like, oh, yeah, we can make CD games, so let's make these Zelda games for you. They saw those Zelda games, and they terminated the contract. Yeah. That was it. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to terminate the contract, but before I leave, I expect, I'm going to leave this gun on your desk. I expect, <laughs> I expect one bullet gone out of the chamber when I turn my back. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're still alive at the end of this day, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. You know, I've never actually bothered to look to see if there's a CDI emulator out there. Oh, no. Oh, I, 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 no. Do you think anybody is, you know, just, like, got that much gumption to try to do, to try to emulate these shitty games? I, I've seen some of the footage of, 
either the faces of evil or one of Gamillion on YouTube. Yeah. And like the main villain is a giant pair of lips. Okay. Like the the Twizzler lips. Um. Yeah, kind of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show lips. Oh, yeah, they, only I think they might have wings. I don't know. Of course they do. It's, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I know oh that's like God. the villain or something like that. All right, all right. Well, let's let's move on now. Now, um, okay. So we got a little time here. We're only about an hour in. So, um, by the way, great conversation. Yeah. All right. Yay! Yay, Zelda! Yay, Zelda! We love you. Can't wait for the next game. <laughs> So uh, we have a couple of minutes to talk before we get into the kind of the final depressing part of the show. Um, let's just do a quick trailer park for the Suicide Squad trailer, which just dropped a couple of days ago on The Flash. Is this the real life? Let me out of you, Donald, please. Let me out of here, Is this just fantasy? Come on! Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Was this a cheerleading trials? Deadshot guy shoots people. He's a crocodile and he eats people. Burns people. You're possessed by a witch. And she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. Yay. All right. Thoughts. I'll let you two go first. I am I'm prohibited from saying anything positive or negative oh, about anything. Stop. Okay. Um all right, here's the thing. It is it is a very, very good example of exciting trailer making one oh one. Yeah. I think that they they found a good song and I know you're gonna disagree with this, Mike. Yeah. Um I think that the the, the choice of the song, Bohemian Rhapsody works well with the, the, the you know the beginning of the song, the slow part where they're introducing the characters right. and then moving into the sitting in the backseat of somebody's car headbanging in nineteen ninety two because we weren't sick of that already. And they were and they were and the way they synced up the beats of the song with the beats of the action right. in the trailer was very very well done. Right. Now I am a little more intrigued with um, Margot Robbie a, a little more, and I'm I'm actually now kind of holding out hope that Jared Leto isn't going to be the embodiment of hot topic brand anarchy, which has been my <laughs> that has been my biggest concern going into this thing is that it's like it's like anarchy is is nothing more than a verb for them. It has it has no meaning. It's just like I'm just going to break shit. Anarchy. Um, Deadshot, Will Smith. Looks like Will Smith playing Will Smith playing Deadshot. With a mask on. They're, I don't even think, I really don't think they're going to implement that mask no. all that much. They're going to go Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3 on that. They are totally going to do that. But it's Will Smith. I'm sure he wants to wear a mask that exactly, covers his face. Exactly, exactly. Um, everybody else in that movie... I mean, you've got the you've got the charisma vacuum, Jai Courtney, um, and the other dudes, Killer Croc. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I'm still not a fan of his look. 
I mean, this is definitely we when we were talking offline about this beforehand. I agree with Joe. This is not an opening weekend movie. This no. might be a second weekend. Hey guys, what's going on? Nothing. What do you? No, I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm the resident. DC, You're the DC guy, uh, yeah. DC guy, and I know a bit of the history of the Suicide Squad, but it wasn't one of those comic books that I must read. That was a must read for me. Right. And it's the same thing with this movie. It's, it, it's. I'm interested in it. My curiosity is peaked, but it's not a movie that. I need to see, or that I'm going to rush out to see. It's not going to be an open-day movie for me like Batman vs. Superman is. Right. What the trailer did do was, whereas before, I was like, yeah, whatever, Suicide Squad, I'm not... Yeah. It, now it's like, okay, this might be something I might be interested in watching, but, again, it's not one of those things I got have to watch, you know? Right. It's not like the Wonder Woman footage. Now I have to watch Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, I, I was holding out hope that Wonder Woman is going to be really cool if they go on the Thor route with it. Right. Yeah. I've said this since day one. They can make Wonder Woman a successful movie by making it like Thor. Right. There's no reason for Thor to have done, to have been as good as it was if it weren't for the fact that they, they invested heavily in that mythology. Right. So with Wonder Woman, they can definitely do that. Now, with, with Suicide Squad... Um, it's almost, it's playing off, these, the, the, the trailer's playing off like a parody of a superhero movie, almost. But not in, like, that cool kind of Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy kind of way. Right. Um, and it's really going to come down to how well the cast works, how the actual story works, and realistically, how believable the tie-ins to Batman are going to be. Because if they're just ham-handed references for the sake of reference, that's going to be an issue. That is going to be a major I think, issue. I think I think the 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 one big hope that this movie has is that David Ayer is the director. Yeah. Yeah. A I, lot of, and, I, and a lot of people, and I, myself included, I have faith in what David Ayer can do, so... I still think that uh, the Joker is just going to appear in flashbacks. In this movie, I think in Suicide Squad, I think, yeah, he's going to appear in flashbacks. Yeah. He'll appear in flashbacks, and if they do post-credit or just, like, that last... I don't I don't think if there is a, a standalone Batman movie, or there, there is going to be a standalone yeah. Batman movie, I don't even think he's going to be in that. I think that's going to be a Red Hood. That's going to be a, that's a hard judgment call, because you don't get Jared Leto in the to use him. Yeah, we you don't, don't. But you can't. You can't be. You can't always have Batman and Joker every time. And, oh yeah, and I mean, if you want, I mean, you want to talk about restraint. The fact that they wait till the second movie to get the Joker in there for, um, you know, for the Nolan. Batman. Right. That was. That was. I was shocked that they did that. Yeah. Which is fine with me. Totally fine with me. Um, it really. This is really going to depend too, because I think. I think more so than not, the success of the non-JLA stuff with DC is going to hinge on the success of this movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, is that you can make all the... Bat- Let's be honest, you can make all the Batman movies you want. Because no matter what, Batman's going to sell this entire thing. I mean, look at it right now. Look at the way their current movie schedule is set up. It's set up as... Batman versus Superman, and then there are three Batman movies already set up. What is going? I mean, Joe, you're probably going to answer this better than I could. Mike, you might be able to too. What is the deal with the second actual standalone Superman movie? I don't think it's in their work, their plans anymore. It, it's 
they they've got plans to do it, but it is not in the schedule yet. Right, it's not in the schedule. They're not. They're probably not going to do it until after Justice League. Right. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Next year it's going to be Wonder, Wonder Woman in Justice League, Part, Justice League Part, One. Part One. Then after that it's going to be Batman, and I think the Flash. Well, they haven't. No, no, the Flash is actually going to be before. Have Have they announced on the date for the Batman yet? Yeah, 2018. Okay. Is going to be the first Batman movie, or the first standalone Batman right. movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah, and I think 2018 is going to be the first Flash movie. 2019 is Cyborg, and then the second JLA movie, and then 2020 is going to be Green Lantern Corps, and then that's when probably they're going to show the second uh, the follow up to Man of so, Steel. So 2021. 2020. 2020. So seven years after the release of Man of Steel. Because but, again, but you don't. You're gonna have in in that meantime. You have Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and then you're gonna have Justice League. Where you're Superman. gonna have Henry Cavill in these movies. I'm just, I'm just saying. I am just saying. I'm not saying this to be negative or anything like that. But it seems like they've pulled completely away from the Superman dynamic to make it. As long as Batman's in there, Superman is a okay. I think they need to rebuild the Superman brand. Oh, absolutely. But, but the way, but the way, but I think the way they're gonna do it is. Make Superman part of the bigger, right? Yeah, bigger universe, and then right. Then so, in other words, then what that's going to hinge on is when uh, BVS actually comes out. People will have to be talking about Henry Cavill because if all they're talking about is Gal Gadot and um and Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. sorry, oh, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, no Gal Gadot. All right, okay. um, if you're talking about Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, um, and not Henry Cavill. Varen lays a gigantic yeah, issue. Don't, yeah, don't tell that to Rebecca. I know. <laughs> I know that. Well, no, considering that now, now, well, actually, no, now that you look at it, though, Jim and Rebecca's free passes are in the same movie. <laughs> nice. I hate to ask who Jim's free passes. Gail got it. Oh, really? Yeah. It was not Lawrence from Fishburne? Huh? Not Lawrence Fishburne? Why would Jim's free pass be Lawrence? <laughs> I thought it'd be Amy it's, Adams. I never heard him talk about Jamie Adams. Yeah. All right. Anyway, can, but I, that's... can I give my thoughts on the Suicide Squad? Yeah, oh yes, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you had. I'm sorry. No. Get so. Uh, I I I love. I I really enjoyed the scenes with Margot Robbie. I think she's really embodying um, how it's been really well. Um, it, I don't know. It kind of put me off the, the how it looked serious, and then they just throw in that little like. Off-color off quips. Yeah. But what really pulled me out of this trailer was using Bohemian Rhapsody. Every time they started playing that music, I'm like, I I, I can't get into this. It, I'm hearing the music. I'm I'm seeing like Wayne's World in my head. <laughs> I'm uh, you know I. I mean, when they stop playing the music, I'm like, okay, I can get this. And then they start playing the music, I'm like, okay, I'm back out again. So I mean, I, if they'd use like any other song, or if they just use like an instrumental, I think this would, I would have loved this trailer. I, you know what, it though? Just, it just kept pulling me out. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean, while you were mentioning that, Mike, I was just trying to think of it having, like, that driving Hans Zimmer type score. I think they're trying to sell this differently. I mean, and God bless it. If they're trying to inject some, some kind of humor... Into the DC universe, you know, apart and from the is, rumored you know what, no jokes, you know, mandate. You know what, this is this is the this is the perfect movie to have that kind of brevity in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The suicide. Basically, a movie about the supervillains who, on paper, really should not get along. I mean, even in the comics, they should not get. They don't get along with each other. Right. You know, so you you have that whole dynamic right there. So that right so it lends itself to a lot of brevity and a lot of kind of light moments. And what's you know, if if you remember the first trailer for this, yeah, the, the Comic Con the Comic Con trailer. Right. It was very deep and very kind of dark and you're like yeah. <coughs> and everybody's saying, Oh Jesus, it's D C they, they they have no sense of humor, they they don't have you know and I'm one of those people who believe that DC gets DC can't win for for lack of trying. Yeah. You know, so it's like if this if 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 there's any movie in the DC universe that will have the brevity, will have kind of the lighthearted moments, it's this one. I, th- I think my favorite part was definitely when Margot was like, "What? I should kill all the people here and escape?" <laughs> I'm just kidding. The voices. That's not really what they said. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting how well so, she's received. I'm actually wondering what Scott Eastwood's part is. Uh, he's not Rick Flag. That's Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, Scott Eastwood wasn't he? Isn't he? Um. Uh, they have not announced what his character is. I, I thought I thought he was going to be um, uh, 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 Jimmy Olsen. No, not Scott Eastwood. Clean no, Eastwood's son now, huh? Clean Black Eye now. Oh, yeah, Clean Eastwood's son. Oh, uh, no, I'm thinking of someone from um, um uh, Speedy, uh, from uh, whatever. No, never Wild West. No, he's no. Black Eye too now. Um, yeah. He's- Oh boy! All right, so well, we'll let you know in August when the movie comes out what we think yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you think about it, the movie's what another seven months away. Right. Okay. Um. All right. So now we answer the. Dep- oh, you know what? Actually, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna hit um next show. We're not done yet. Um, but just because I kind of want to close out with this. Um, our next show <laughs> we're gonna be doing. Uh, we're gonna be discussing the music of 1986, primarily because Mike has waited. Oh God! Six years, six plus, you know, seven years. I've been waiting since... six and seven years to get back in the high life again. Yep, it's gonna be all about Winwood. It's gonna be all about that Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> it's gonna be about the Michelob horns. We're talking about the music of 1986. A lot of Phil Collins, baby. Oh God, there's a lot of Phil Collins out here. <laughs> Which, by the way, also a Michelob horn song. That's right. Are we? Are we going to see a Susu Studio? <laughs> no, but I want you to shut, shut, shut your mouth. Um, and as always, we always have a good time with these music shows. Hopefully we'll be able to schedule Jim into this one because, God damn it, we, need, we missed him we for did, the music one. We need him for the music one. Oh, yeah, not yeah. only that, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be uh, Jim and, and Mike going bare knuckles on Steve, uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Winwood. Don't knock the wood. Yep. <laughs> So, um, if you... I'll just, I'll just show him a higher love. Oh, boo. Oh, God. <laughs> he went to oh, higher love. You've been waiting to... You've been saving to use that one. Folks, if you, if you said after 124 episodes that what this show is missing is Winwood puns, oh, then episode 124 is going to be for you. So, anyway, you got any favorite albums, any favorite singles, any least favorite things? What is the worst video that was released in 1986? Because I really firmly believe we need to do another one of our on-the-spot things like we did last year for um, Party All the Time. <laughs> I want to... You know what? Honestly, I want to say that Don Johnson's Heartbeat was released in 86. And oh, I will, my God. I will, double, I will double check that for you. 
Um, so anyway, if you want to um, get back to any Mike's looking up, um, you can get to us at uh, our new email address, geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Geek Salad Radio. Um, follow our Facebook page, uh, which is just Geek Salad Podcast. And, yeah, you can let us know by uh, also through our perspective, personal emails, too, or if we bother you at work, which is usually <laughs> what we end up doing anyway. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah, so before we go forth and be nerdful, uh, we got we got to bring the show down a little bit. 86. 86. Motherfucker, yeah. All right. All right. So now, in the last week... Last week and a half, I think. Last week and a half, yeah, Monday. Um, it's we, been a bummer. We were greeted with several deaths of very famous people that mm-hmm. we have idolized in one semblance of another. Not only that, but um, I lost my cat, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. No. He was an old one. And, you know. He lived a good, like, 14 years? Yeah, uh, 15. 15. He outlived Edward then, so God mm-hmm. bless you. All right, so uh, let's just get started with, um, first of all, the, the most recent death, which is a uh, guitarist and one of the singers for the Eagles, Glenn Fry. Founders of the Eagles, Glenn Fry, who also found um, success with solo work because yeah. he did a whole shitload of stuff for Miami Vice. Especially in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really about it. Name, name a 90s Glenn Fry hit. Nah, nah, <laughs> exactly. Um, what's interesting about the, the Glenn Fry, especially in this past couple of days since he passed, were the articles that, like, it's really sad that Glenn Fry is dead. He was a very talented musician. But the Eagles weren't the best band in the world, and everybody needs to start agreeing with that. I don't know. They were. They, they were no. It's. I am not going. I am not going to argue one iota how popular they were. They were the first platinum selling band ever. Back that was when the IRIAA actually started right. rating them. I, under, I still think Hotel California is a masterful song. It is. A, it is a fantastic song. It is a you know, and no one will dispute that. But a lot of their stuff was really considered um, easy listening to the most part. Yeah, uh, mellow adult rock. Mellow adult rock, exactly. I mean, every once in a while you'd have a good song. I love kind of kind of a countryish mellow adult. Yeah, well, I mean, I love the bad. guitar riff for Life in well, the Fast no, Lane. No, but no, but when you compare, yeah, when you compare it to the stuff that Joe Walsh came out with. And that, that's so, what they is killing me. Joe Walsh. <laughs> Glenn Frey is the first member of the Eagles to die. He outlived Joe Walsh. How the fuck do you outlive Joe Walsh? Well, I, I think Joe Walsh is just kind of like pickling himself at this oh, point. Oh, God. I saw him. He was actually on Sonic Highway. He's got the Keith Richards life yeah. and better living. Yeah. He was um, on Sonic Highways. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, he actually um, did the guitar part for... Um, Actually, it's for, for my favorite song on that album, Outside. I get it. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, with Glenn Fry, I mean, most of the stuff I remember him for is that solo work they did in the 80s, the Miami Vice stuff. Smuggler's Blues. Smuggler's Blues. I mean, I honestly thought he died in 1985 when that Mexican drug lord finally caught up to him in the video. He, he did The Heat Is On, too, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. 
But, yeah, and then there was a time when he was one of the spokespeople for Gold's Gym. Back in the late 80s. Was he? Him and Joe Piscopo. Oh, jeez. We're both like, you know, with, with Joe Piscopo, was like, oh, he's a funny man. Now he's roided up. And then they had like this, it was like this print ad that they had with Glenn Frey. It's like, hard rock. And there's Glenn, you know, cigarette in his hand, you know, in his bathrobe, you know. I think they had to, like, Photoshop out, like, the, the lines of Coke on a mirror somewhere. <laughs> you know, just, like, long hair, just, Ugh. And then the next picture right next to it is rock hard. And he's like, he's got, you know, he's got the waist with the Arnold curls with the, you yeah, know. Everything that was hidden under the robe. Yeah, exactly. Because that guy was totally that naturally ripped, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah and that was, it, that was, I was shocked. I mean, all three of the ones we're talking about, I was genuinely shocked about. Because yeah. you, you did not know there was anything wrong with it. No, like, exactly. Oh, he had right. intestinal issues, like massive intestinal issues. Yeah, it was, no, it was a combination of that. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis and pneumonia. Yeah. God damn. Whoever thought arthritis would take you? Getting old sucks. <laughs> I know, huh? Jesus. Um, so then from there... Everyone's drinking a beer and scarfing down. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can we go back from that? No. More dip. All right, so the next one. Um, the, the theater world, yes. This we lost Alan Rickman. I was... This one hit, this one hit me kind of hard. Just this yeah. one... Not only did it hit you kind of hard, but throughout the day, you're being reminded of all of the great roles he had. I mean, I mean the thing is, when you, when, you, when you think about it, come Oscar time, his in memoriam is, is primarily going to consist of Snape. But that's because that's the, this generation knows him. I mean, he, as, he did yeah. eight movies as Snape. That's what this generation knows him as. Right. However, I think his greatest role was... One of the greatest movie villains of all time. Hans Gruber is the greatest yeah. movie villain. What was it you said to me before? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> First of all, <coughs> the greatest de- falling from a great height death scene in movie history. After gra- Nobody after- has been able to, to match wow. that. After trying to hold on to a, a cheap watch. Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> cheap, uh, you know, we appreciate you watch. Yeah. Which I think was more of a stab at the Jap- Japanese than anything else. <laughs> Big cheap stuff. It's the eighties. But when he like when he like we first met um, Bruce, uh, Willis. Bruce Willis in the movie, and he switched from that British accent to that American one. He was like switch on a dime. I'm like, yep. damn. Well, you know what the funny thing with that too is that if you've seen the Honest trailer, which actually got released like two weeks before he died, yeah, it's like oh my god, do they really think we talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it was tough because. I mean, and for me, it wasn't so much like, yeah, I I love Die Hard, and I love the Harry Potter movies, um, but like Galaxy Quest. I can't go out there, and I will say that stupid line one more time. And by Grabthar's hammer, hammer, um, there's that. There's, I mean, there's that scene in Love Actually when he's like trying to get that that gift for the for his secretary, Mm. and he runs into Rowan Atkinson, Mm. and it's like. What's that? It's a cinnamon stick. No, don't put that in now. Don't put that in now. <laughs> but you said you wanted it wrapped, sir. And I still hold that he is probably the best thing about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, fuck I'm yeah. cut your heart out with a spoon. Why a spoon, Ooh, cousin? Because it hurts more. It's blood, so it'll hurt more. <laughs> yeah, that... I mean, they're all... 
he was ne- he was never terrible in anything. No. Even in bad but, movies like but, CBGB, he would he was good in. But the thing is, it, it's you're reading the tributes to him throughout the day, and it's like you know you know a lot of people you know, you know when somebody famous passes away, you know you get their you get the usual kind of schlock about yeah. you know yeah. how, how generous they were. But a lot of it was seemed like very heartfelt. Like yeah. he was a very generous man. People really loved him. Yeah. Well, well the, like, the the whole thing came beyond Radcliffe beyond the profession beyond professional level. People actually loved him beyond professional level yeah. that he, he worked with. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Daniel Radcliffe wrote a very touching story about how after um, or during you know even during the filming of all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, Alan Rickman took a vested interest in his acting career and was mm-hmm. making sure he was making the right choices. Right. Um, when he premiered on Broadway in Equus, he was there opening night. Well, that's what... And, and, and Daniel Radcliffe wasn't the only one who said that. He said a lot of people in the theater community that maybe just worked once or twice with with Alan Rickman, he, they say he would show up to their shows. Like, if he's in town yeah. and you're in, the, in a show that's on, he will come to your show and see you perform. Yeah, I mean, for all the villainy roles that he played, and he played it to a T, he always gave 100%. Do you know what the funny thing is, though, is that after, like, 1993, he stopped playing villains. Snape was villain-ish. Snape was villain-ish, but yeah. It's that voice. It's that voice. Now, that's the thing that really, that made me the most upset, is that we'll never get that pairing of him and Benedict Cumberpatch, his father and son. (laughs) Because... Benedict Cumberpatch actually voiced voiced Snape on an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. So it's like, well, they see it, I see it. Why doesn't everybody else see it? But you know, it, you know and the amazing thing is, he started his, his acting career late. His like in his early, his early movie, 40s. he filmed Die Hard, which is his very first movie credit at forty three years old. Yeah. Mm. He was a lot older than I think a lot of people thought he was. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for all the you know, for all the villain roles he played, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that he was anything less than. Genuine Absolute and nicest guy. Absolute gentleman. Now, did you guys actually like on the day he died watch a Rickman movie in tribute, or would you would you watch Harry, po- uh, Harry Potter, um, the seventh one? The seventh one. Okay. Die Hard. You watched Die Hard. Yeah. We watched Sense and Sensibility. Oh, he was. Of course, great you in that he was one. great in that he one. He was. Yeah, he was. He was very, very good in that one. And again, it's one of those things that he's in his mid fifties. He doesn't look it. He's still, I mean, he's just very, he's very engaging on screen. And again, that voice. I mean, that guy could drag hey, out a, a 50, monosyllabic if, word. If at 50 years old, 50 years old, you can get uh, Kate Winslet's uh, attention. Exactly. Um, yeah, so he uh, he was really tough. And then, finally, this one hit me hard. Yeah. Um, last Monday, we lost David Bowie, also at the age of 69, also to cancer. Um, which, by the way, I just want to point this. I, I brought this up to Mike already. Lemmy outlived uh, both Rickman and yeah. Actually, Lemmy outri- outlived Glenn Fry, Alan Rickman, and David Bowie. <laughs> just gonna put that out there. Um, there was a point in the morning. I was because uh, usually my my morning routine is I get up, um, I check the news, and then I go downstairs and I make my daughter's bre- uh, breakfast and her lunch for school. And I had, I had I had read that David Bowie was dead, and my exact response on Facebook was no, 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 no. I remember. Yeah. Um, I got I was downstairs, and I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking of all these great songs. I had a hard time holding it together. I haven't been this moved by celebrity death in a long, long time, and it's because David Bowie. 
I, I know it's that cliche that, oh, he influenced so much. He influenced every fucking thing I listened to in high school and college. Yeah. And going forward. There isn't a single thing that his fingerprints aren't all over. And I came somewhat late to the Bowie party, meaning that, like, I was a teenager when I finally kind of appreciated mm. what a goddamn genius he was. Um, but, oh, my God. Just, I was listening to him today, and it's just, all of these songs are so, they're so different. And they are so just groundbreaking. And even stuff that sounds crazy, when you go back and you listen to it a second time, you're like, this is pure goddamn genius. Aladdin Sane is essentially him uh, comprised primarily of cocaine conducting this sax solo from, uh, you know, a sax player who's probably also comprised of cocaine. And it makes sense. And it sounds just, it's, it's just amazing. And you can't think of that any other way. Yeah. And through the years, he didn't stay with that, you know, that tried and true um, sound. Every decade was something different. Even going into the 90s, Tin Machine. I mean, Tin Machine is one of those bands that I don't think gets, you know, gets a proper rap because it's, you know, David Bowie's side band. There were some great songs. Great songs on that first album. The second album's terrible. But that, I don't know, Joe, you familiar with, did you ever listen to the first Tin Machine album? I did, yes. And god damn, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Stuff. The thing I think that was most shocking about David Bowie passing away is that he had released his only album like three days before. Yeah. Well, if you saw it, they released a picture, his last photo shoot from the Friday before he passed away. And he looked fine. Yeah. No. Um, and this was something that Autumn and I were talking about that, I mean, for the most part, thank you, um... For the most part, what I was kind of, you know, I'm not going to say I'm digging it. I'm really horrified that they're both dead. But Rickman and David Bowie didn't suffer in the spotlight. They knew for a long time that they were very, very sick and they weren't, they weren't going to make it. But they did it on their own terms. There was nobody there. You know, there weren't those, like, and, I, you know, I hate, I hate to put the Anglophile hat on here. It, you don't see a lot of American actors that do this quietly. Yeah. Right. It's tabloid fodder, and it's, I've got a year to live. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to live another five years. I mean, both of these well, guys knew that, they, that the end was going to come very, very soon, and, you know, they did it with the people that they loved. They did it with their family. I think they, it, it, it's, it's very much the British sensibility. I think so. I, think I agree. It's that very kind of stiff upper lip, keep it to yourself, you know, don't, you know, don't bring too much attention. Don't bring attention right. to yourself. Right, and especially with Bowie, because, I mean... <laughs> That would have been a shit show had, you know, his last out al- you know, his last album been like, This is David Bowie's last ever album. Yeah. You know, he released it three days before he died. He just turned sixty nine years old. Yeah. And yeah, it is just I just it's yeah, it's what, really so you, you said what was your first Bowie album that you kinda The first actually I'm I, I'm ashamed to say that the first David Bowie album I actually plunked down music for was called Changes One Bowie. Okay. And it was the best of. And it came on the heels of this box set uh, just called Changes Bowie. And it was like a series of demos and older stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of new stuff on there. Because my first my first impressions from Bowie as a kid were um, were the Let's Dance album. And I wasn't all that crazy about it at the time. because I was, see, that was, see, that was my first album. Right, well, that's Steve Ray Vaughan, too. Well, no, you see, I didn't know. It, I was introduced to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Through David Bowie. Yeah. 
because I love, you know, 1983, 82, is when it first came out. I just moved to, to uh, Acton. I've only been in on mainland for not that long, maybe a year. So yeah, I was really kind of started getting into rock and roll, and we had gotten cable, started watching MTV, <laughs> and too much is never enough. <laughs> and modern love, you know, modern love had a lot of play on MTV, and I loved that song. Yeah, I grew to really love that song. What What happened with me and Bowie was I was really, I just really hated the song Let's Dance, and I really hated the song China Girl. And part of that was just. I loved new wave music, and it didn't sound like new wave music because he'd already he already influenced new wave and moved on something else beyond it, unbeknownst to me. So when I, you know you would listen to the radio because we used to listen to WBCN in Boston, right? The Rock of Boston, and there were all these David Bowie songs I didn't know were Bowie until after Let's Dance. So Suffragette City changes, yeah. Heroes, um, oh, I love Heroes. All of these songs are like. Wait, is, that's David Bowie? This stuff's amazing. So by the time I finally plunked down some money, it was because my friend Brian had bought um, Change, Changes Bowie, the box set, and I did not have that kind of money to burn. Um, so I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is really good. They've consolidated it into one tape. Like, just just kind of like, and it really was the best of. Yeah. And I started listening to it, and like, there's so much good stuff on here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to get something else. And that's when I moved to Tin Machine. And then from there, it was just like, this is all really good stuff. Um, and this is before like I discovered what an actually capable actor he was. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. mean, I, I had never gotten into David Bowie as a musician. But, I mean, him, I mean, him and um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth is, yeah, that will be his most iconic performance. I mean, that was brilliant. But also, I mean... Rather underrated, I think, but also just absolutely brilliant. His role as Tesla in Tesla Prestige. Prestige. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I actually read in um in uh, an issue of Entertainment Weekly, the last issue of Entertainment Weekly, where they did a Dave, huge David Bowie uh, tribute. Yeah. They had it uh, like an interview with Christopher Nolan, who said that you know when he was when he was um, casting it, he had no idea who to who to cast for. Um, for Tesla, for, for yeah. Tesla. And then he saw, uh, and then he saw, um, what was it? Uh, the man who fell to Earth. I was just going to talk about that, so go ahead, go and ahead. After he saw man, the man who fell to Earth, he had, he could, he could picture no one else yep. as Tesla, but, but, but Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. He went to Bowie, and Bowie turned, turned him down. Oh jeez. And Nolan pretty much started begging him, saying like, if you don't do this role, I don't know what else to do. I don't think I, I can't do this movie. And so Bowie finally agreed to do it. Wow. Yeah, A Man Fell to Earth was one of those movies that I always heard about, and it was around the time that I started really getting into the whole Bowie catalog, and I rented it from the video store I was working at. I mean, it's a crazy fucking movie. I mean, it, it's, it is so 70s. Mm -hmm. Lots of, like, that, you know, that freeform camera style, um, you know, dissonant uh, soundtrack, but... Oh my! It's it's a, it's a really good movie. I actually went back and watched it a few years ago, and it holds up really well. I mean, it's dated as shit, but what was that? What was that vampire movie he was in with Susan? The Sorry Hunger. Yeah. The Hunger is a really good movie. 
And The Hunger's a really good vampire movie. I mean, he's in it for like the first third of the movie, then he dies. And then, uh, who, who is Susan Sarandon? Catherine Deneuve. And you get some nice lesbian vampire thing. Exactly, so. Right. There's only that. that, after all. <laughs> yeah. um, he played Pontius Pilate in The Last Temptation of Christ. Yes, yes. I, I gotta watch, I gotta go back and watch that one. Um, but there's, I mean, it's just one of those things that the guy was, his fingerprints are on everything that I love. Whenever he does something via a song or a role, he makes it rememberable. Yep. I mean, I mean, he puts a, a unique stamp on it that even if it's like a small role, like, um, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of people rave about his quasi cameo role in Zoolander. Yes. It's 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 like a it's like a two minute thing. It's it's barely anything. But as a lot of people are saying, like that's like you know that's probably their favorite cameo appearance it in that movie. Because he's a guy that seriously was able to kind of come in and out of the public conscious very very easily. And the fact it didn't hurt matters either at the time. You know, at the time he he was married to Iman for almost twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he was kind of ingrained in that in that fashion uh, society, but. Oh God! This this is it's still tough because it worked that the day he died. I kind of demanded we have David Bowie on, and we have Slacker Radio on at work, and we're not paying for it, so we have to do like the jukebox thing. So you right, type in the yeah. word David Bowie, and all of these bands who were all in some way, shape, or form um, influenced by Bowie were coming up. So you'd get a David Bowie song, then you get a Roxy Music song. And then you get some other kind of new wave or um, uh, new romantic type song. I've, Excuse me. Then another Bowie song. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's amazing how, how much one artist can touch somebody, especially if you don't think about it until people start like throwing that stuff at you. Mm. So yeah. Well, I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to go out on. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're all gonna um, kill kill each other, right? Kill ourselves right now. And uh, I'm gonna go home and watch Labyrinth. Come on. Oh, there you go. There you go. Should we gotta watch that again? We have well, thanks to Mike, we have it on Blu-ray. So I gotta. uh, We definitely need to watch that. I gotta watch. I gotta. I gotta watch the Prestige again. Yeah. I love that movie. That is a really good movie. It's one of the few movies I've ever watched where at the very end I'm like, no fucking way. Like, yeah, all the all the bodies. Shut up! People haven't seen it! Oh, nice spoiler! <laughs> yeah, how long has the movie been out? We can't talk about The Force Awakens, and it's the biggest movie ever! Almost. 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 I, I, well, I don't, in America, America, it's the biggest movie ever. I, so, I, I, aren't we ever we been taught yeah. this is all that matters? I can't see it beating Avatar at this point. No, no. I can't either, but Probably, you know what? Fuck it, it's going to gross a billion dollars uh, in America. Um, I'd well, be happy. It's you know tracking what? for a billion well, dollars domestically. You know, Avatar had re-releases too, so it's kind of. Well, yeah, that's that's the, that's the Cameron way. That is the Cameron way. Yes. So God, well, okay. Well, that brought me up a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're gonna uh, let you guys go. Uh, we'll talk to we'll talk to you in a few weeks, um, and we're gonna send you out with a little Bowie to uh, for one to go on. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. Go forth and be nerdful. Um, Glenn, Alan, David, we will miss you all. Rest in peace. We'll talk to you later, folks.
by Grabthar's hammer. What a savings. <laughs>